another episode of the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for this week, Osama Dorias. And I am Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm Rami Ismail, and I don't have an echo. And I'm super happy that I didn't mess up the intro. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I could feel that he was a little bit stressed doing this one. I was. I was. I was. like... <laughs> When we kicked when we kicked off the recording and we went on mute to, to listen to the intro, it was just like a moment where I could just feel Osama's stress spiking. <laughs> I, it was like, yeah, I don't do memorizations. Okay, I, I do impromptu. <laughs> that that I could do. He sounded a bit formal. Hello, and welcome <laughs> right. to another Hello. episode. <laughs> you got to make it work, you know. How y'all been? Mm-hmm. It's like it's been forever since I've seen you last like four days four days <laughs> four days it feels like forever that's too long to be away Actually, from my with, 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 uh, with Fauzi it's been five days true true yeah true true this, this is this is great that we're talking again but it's significantly worse than seeing you while talking it's I, have to I mean it, really it was true. really nice to be able to not decide who the host was and then just point yeah. at each other. <laughs> <laughs> that was great yeah, that was funny <laughs> It's like, uh, uh, who goes second? Who goes second? Who goes second? Uh, you. Okay. There's a lot of hand gesturing going on, which yeah. is very Arab, like enhances the conversation. Yeah. It's true. But I will say it also created a thing where every now and then we would do gestures and not tell that the gestures were happening. That's yeah. true. I had yeah. to like say a couple on the show. Yeah, and, he, yeah. and he points at me. Yeah. <laughs> I had to play. <laughs> is narr- the narrator. narrator. <laughs> You know, the solution for that is that we have to have video episodes again. Right. We've tried that. Uh-huh. It wasn't fun. It was, that it was, was fun. fun. It was, it was yeah, sorry, it was fun, but it wasn't great. There's something yeah. about it that was... <laughs> I think the problem with those is that we rely a lot on video, just like when you're in person. And so if you're only yep. listening to the audio, you're, you're always missing something, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Plus, this way I get to imagine both of your faces, and that's even funnier. <laughs> Also, I don't know all, what that means. <laughs> audio recording is much easier this way instead of like yeah. oh being God. picked up by every mic in the block. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get like a 75 version echo. <laughs> we, we did our best. <laughs> it wasn't very good, but we did our best. <laughs> we really tried, we tried, but we we couldn't have known. No. We could we just I mean we could have known. We could have we tested it. We're not very good at testing. We did test it, remember? Yeah, we just got louder during the recording. That's yeah. true. Because we're a bunch of errors. We, so we were testing, we were like we, get rowdy. we were testing, we were like, Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> yeah, okay. How does it sound? It sounds good. And then the episode happens in work. And okay, how are you? <laughs> When, when the conversations true. get going, we get rowdy on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's been a few days. How was, was your that, flight back, Osama? It was painful because you Ooh, know, flying, okay. flying is, is, is difficult. So there's one part that was really, really cool, which was the airport was painless. So getting through the Amsterdam airport, um, the, there were long wait lines, but for reasons that I will not discuss, I was able to bypass them in a really cool legal way, so I won't get in trouble. Right, for right, it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, just, just, to be, just to be clear, so Agent just Smith, to be clear, we're not worry. Arab Frank. Frank, if you're listening, <laughs> Agent Smith, yes, if you're listening, it was legal. Uh, so I'm gonna say that we were te- we were absolutely not testing security holes at the airport. <laughs> no, okay? we were not. But Asama just uh, used used some 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 uh, some benefits. Benefits, yes. I was able benefits. to benefit from someone else who's traveling their their ability to bypass certain lines, which right. I've never done in my whole life. And that it's right. like wow, I was able to not have to wait in line for three hours because that airport, uh, Schiphol, is that how you pronounce it? Schiphol. Schiphol. That's it. I was close. Uh, that that I could not believe the security lines. They were so 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 long. They're up to three hours. At the it yes. was never like that. It's just a byproduct of this summer. Like you know, Rami and I were talking about this early in the podcast. But traveling in Europe this summer was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and th- that's the remnant of it. But thankfully, for once in my life, I was allowed to bypass everything. Um, and uh, I got to the gate really early, and so I was able to play Steam Deck for three hours. Oh, nice. Um, nice. <laughs> which was really great. And then the, I just remember dropping you off, and then three hours later being like, are you at your yes. gate? And you're like, yep. And I'm like, I am an adult, <laughs> Rami, who has traveled before, but thank you. 
<laughs> I literally took a picture of the gate and sent it to him in seconds. I'm like, yes, I'm right. at the gate. I'm responsible. Hey, I'm just checking. Especially when people it. have a lot of time at an airport, yes. sometimes they lose track of them. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I do appreciate it. Well, it's kind of cute that he's checking in on, on his happy beat to make sure he's making yeah, his flight. I sent him yeah, a whole absolutely. bunch of emoticon hearts. I loved it. <laughs> this is true. He so, did do that. Or maybe it was a fear that if he did miss his flight, then that means he's going to have to come back and pick you up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't want to do that. It's so, also a lot of work, but no, I just wanted to make sure Osama gets home to the fast. I really appreciate uh, it big time. Um, so the flight on paper left on time. In practice, did not. It boarded late, it left late, and we were in the air late. And because we were in the air late, we lost our gate returning to Montreal. So we oh, had no. to actually fly a circuit a few extra times. And then when we landed, there still wasn't a gate. So we had to taxi and, and park and wait for a gate to open up. Um, so was it a great flight? It, it was about an hour longer than it needed to be. So not, <laughs> not that great. But I've, I've had worse. I okay, think we've that's all not had too worse. bad. That's yeah, not yeah. too bad. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna be that guy for a second. But just, just to be abundantly clear, in aviation terminology, that's called a holding pattern, not a circuit. A circuit is your normal approach. A holding pattern is much <laughs> anyway. I'll shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Yeah, I just wanted to. Just wanted to get that out. There. We you were know, in a holding. He's legally obliged because he holds <laughs> that license <laughs> to correct us. Of course. Of course. It's funny because. I've never had this many grim conversations in my life as since I've had my license. Yeah. Because every time I get a passenger, I have to explain like, hey, listen, so if I die, <laughs> here's the steps you do. And I had to explain to Osama, yes. like, if I just, you know, if I just like get hit by the propeller or something, here's the button to turn it off. Yep. <laughs> and like, here's the radio in case you need to talk to somebody because I, I've super died. He, bro- he broke my heart. <laughs> I didn't right. even get on the oh, plane it yet. It's so sad. <laughs> it was. But I have to do it. So I have to be like, okay, listen, if I die, <laughs> pull this thing, then wait until that thing, and then get out of the airplane and just leave my dead body for now. <laughs> right? Like somebody will come pick it up later. You just get clear of the airplane. Yeah. Wait, That's wait, not going to happen, but okay. <laughs> we're we're going to need to work on the like the safety measures in Air Habibi. It's not exactly exciting for our customers, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a good right. it's a good start. <laughs> right. No, but I like genuinely just have to do that. I can't like I you know, I have to run people through those steps of how they should get clear of the airplane if something happens to me. Wow, it's true. Man. And there's not really a way to do that without saying like, so, hey, in case, you know, I can't be like, so in case I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Because that makes people more nervous. <laughs> like what? Oh, that's you... crazy. Imagine yeah. if like yeah. like actual pilots did that in commercial flights because there's a pilot and a co-pilot. And then yes. like, you know, they, right. they both come back to like the first two rows in first class. And like, yo, by the way, if, if we both fall asleep, <laughs> we're going to need you, sir, to come into the cockpit and like press this button. Oh, no. But here's the thing. That recently happened happened to an airplane wait what where both pilots fell asleep and the autopilot just flew past the airport and they managed to wake the pilots up and they landed the airplane wow but both pilots fell asleep that's so funny how does that happen well it's funny that they woke up in time yeah otherwise it would have been far less funny yeah but i guess you um, have to fly enough to be so chill regardless like yeah the autopilot's got this i'm gonna just take a nap yeah (laughs) right well autopilots are incredible like i mean osama saw that the airplane i fly it doesn't have an autopilot but if you have it set like if you have it trimmed well and it's flying straight yeah it'll mostly just it'll mostly just fly straight Yeah, you you don't have to really touch anything i mean uh, unless you you want to touch something because right unless you want to put us in a dive (laughs) in the the nose dive we survived (laughs) any nose dive that you walk away from right <laughs> One of those signature Osama nose dives. You gotta love that. Hey, I'm practicing, not, man. It was literally my first time flying a plane. Cut me would, some slack. It would have not been a butter landing. Though. No, no, no. That not your first time. You've Rami's took if taken you on flight simulator before, so that that's counts. true. That's true. All right, it's not my somehow place. flight simulator. He flew more stable than that nose dive. <laughs> <laughs> like normally when people's lives depend on them doing it right, they get more careful. No. But if someone was just like, what happens if I just like go up? 
<laughs> That's so funny. You gotta live okay. a little. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we went up to three thousand feet before trying that. That's yeah, that was smart on your part. <laughs> that was really smart. It also gave me a little more confidence, so it worked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it was good. It was good. Honestly, for a first time, you did great. Thank you. I appreciate that. So enough about my flights. How were your flights? Mine was... I didn't do a flight. Oh, Rami, you, you, dri- you drove back, right? Yeah, I drove home. I lived two hours away. <laughs> but then you had a flight um, the next day, right? Uh, yeah, I, f- I flew some friends that were visiting the Netherlands. Awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was nice. I had to do the grim briefing again. <laughs> did they fly better or worse than me? Uh, they didn't even try. Okay, then I, I so, win <laughs> by default. Yeah, you win. You definitely you, you definitely go. flew better than them. There you go. And I have a next friend to fly with on uh, Friday. Wow, uh, Habibi is getting busy. Well, yeah, so fun fun note. I am um, I uh, my last flight. So Osama, you were my ninety ninth flight. Wow. So close, yeah. so close. Yeah, yeah, I missed it by yeah. one. What? You missed it by one. <laughs> so close. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and then my my friends that visited after that were my hundredth flight. Um, I, I'm but, heartbroken. Uh, you just broke my heart. Oh, I wanted no. to so be sorry. number one hundred again. He broke well, your heart again. Again, you know, if 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 that dive had put us on the ground, I could have counted as a landing, and then you know you'd also have been the hundredth <laughs> flight. So maybe you just didn't know dive enough. <laughs> <laughs> next, but, time, uh, next time next <laughs> time <laughs> um i am at uh i am at 98 hours and 55 minutes mm. at the moment a flight and at 100 hours i can actually continue my uh my training that's Ooh, to amazing. the instrument to the instrument uh instrument part of it so Super i don't think i'm going to start on it right away uh, there's actually a different airplane that I want to learn to fly first, and then after that, I'm going to go instrument training. So, are you going to fly the Tweety Bird airplane? No, that one is too smart. It's really small. It's it's really cute. There's this tiny little yellow airplane uh, at uh, Hilversum Airport. It's a little bush airplane, uh, which means that it's an airplane that can take off and land in like really short distances. They get used in like uh, you know uh, rural areas or foresty areas or on mountains. With the right wind, that thing can land in like twelve meters. Wow, that's incredible! Right? And it can take off in like double that. It's kind of amazing. Wow! But I don't fit. Oh, okay. are you too then big I, for the plane? I'm too big for then that. I definitely oh. won't fit. <laughs> um, it's it's me size then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could probably fit three of you. <laughs> 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 you know the, the, my favorite selfie that I took in all of Gamescom is the one where I'm literally holding up Fozy with one arm. <laughs> yeah, you're lifting him with one arm. That, that was, was so really... funny. I, I was I was gonna help, but I, it wasn't necessary, so I just left it. <laughs> uh, he got to lift that entire. He's got to lift that entire boy up. It's oh no, he got it. He, got it. he, he totally got this. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sam. I try. I try to stay in shape. You know, that's it's, it. it's great. I love it. Well, nice if I ever if I ever have to do a flight with Fauzi, I don't even have to do the the weight and balance check. <laughs> <laughs> great. It'd be like you had like an extra heavy backpack that day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why are you traveling with such a heavy bags? Like, no, that's my. <laughs> that's like, oh. <laughs> you probably need to do more checks if you brought up your PS5 with you. Be like, oh my god! <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Did you see that they just released a new one? It's like what? Because they keep doing they keep doing sub increments of the of the PlayStation Five, I didn't and know it's that. just slightly lighter every time. Oh really? Okay, but they look the same. They're identical, except for they've replaced the heatsink by a lighter version. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, now they released a new one. It just came out in Australia. It's just basically like, and again, like 300 grams lighter. So the thing is like down to 3.9 kilos, down from like five. Wow. Speaking of going down and Australia, are you two coming to GCAP by chance? Wow. <laughs> wow. Going down to Australia. Wow. <laughs> he said Damn. it keeps going down. He mentioned Australia. That's a what double segue. That, that, a, just that, uh, that's as butter as it gets. It there you go. Surprise. <laughs> um, when is GCAP again? It's the first week of October, I believe. 
Probably not, but maybe yes. Yeah, uh, same answer. Probably no. not, but maybe yes. Oh, that 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 means chances are only getting one of you or none. That's not because good. I think uh, that we Ron and I might might intersect in our uh, the second uh, conference this year uh, at the end of September. So right. that's like literally the last two days of September. Then it's, it's going to be very right. difficult to fly directly from that to Australia. So it's probably right. on the other side of the world, right? Uh, almost literally. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I think I think we looked up the antipodes, yeah. and the it's pretty much an it's pretty much if you would dig a hole straight down from there to uh, to the other side of the planet, you'd end up near New Zealand. Wow! You know, if you do that so, from Montreal, where I am, you end up just off the the coast of Australia. It really is. Yeah, the other coast. Of the other coast. Yeah, not New Zealand yeah. side, which is like Australia is literally the furthest place I could travel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to be great. You're going to watch so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be great. My butt's going to hurt so much. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that flight is rough. It's, it's <laughs> there's no direct though, right? You're going to take a stop somewhere? I'm going to have two stops because I booked my flight too late. That's not going to be fun at all. Two stops. Oof. So I'm landing in Vancouver. Then I'm flying to Sydney. Then I'm getting to Melbourne. Oh, okay. That's oh, okay. That's it. okay. Yeah. It's within the you same know, time zone the... at least. Yeah, at least yeah. that. At least that. I mean, and on top of that, you know, like the hop to Vancouver is like, what, five hours? Yeah, something like that. Five, six hours. So you get five hours. So you get to stretch your legs a little. That's really not the worst. Then you get 15 hours. 15 and a half well, hours. Oh, yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. Why didn't you stop in Hawaii? I should have, huh? But the thing yeah. is, remember passport stuff? Like I had to try to avoid the US. Oh, yeah. United States. Yeah. yeah, okay, fair. Hawaii is yeah. not okay, Canada. Yeah. No, no, how- Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this like some sort of war it's, it's, declaration it's, uh, on the United States? <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Canada's coming for Hawaii. AJ Smith is just losing it today. He's like, right, yeah. he's like, I can't, I can't type fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, someone's at my door. Oh no, <laughs> he's just gonna break glass. You know, like, he's like, I can't. This is this is too much. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, my flight back was uh, uh, a way less dramatic than <laughs> than any of those like one hour flight. it was a one hour flight <laughs> wow it, it took one hour uh, and i had like almost two hours an hour and a half two hours okay. from dusseldorf okay. and uh, uh my flight was filled with game developers <laughs> yes i <laughs> ran right. into a bunch of like fat track people are going back home they gave me some socks uh it nice. was, like, nice. part i saw of their, those socks they yeah, were Part of the merchandise they're giving out at Gamescom. So I got some socks, which is pretty neat. So many people went to Stockholm. Yeah, yeah lots of people going back to Stockholm. Uh, Anna Bramberg, friend of the show, was also on uh, um, on a plane. Wow, I yeah. can't tell. Like, what is going on there? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's like uh, it's a zinc. Yeah, and she was yeah. uh, she was uh, not in uh, outfit or makeup. Uh, oh. so it's, it's hard to recognize her when she wasn't looking all demonic. <laughs> <laughs> good times, very good. But times. the best part about coming back from like a week long conference is that uh, I had so much mail and uh, uh, stuff to, and it's like a, like a little Christmas, you know. Like I have like all yes. these boxes, and I'm like unboxing all of them. Yes. And I and I started with the first one, and it's my Steam Deck. Wow, that's amazing! Uh, Congratulations! Yeah. It, 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 it arrived, and I didn't know. And it's like, yeah, I'm boxing. Like, oh, this is what is this thing that has a battery icon on it? I forgot. I forgot that's that it was amazing. on the way. <laughs> I and also I came home to a package, but it wasn't as as impressive as a Steam. I got like twelve pieces of underwear. That was great. <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was about it. Was, oh no! Wait, I got a headphone. Wait, you but didn't anyways, tell us. You didn't finish telling us about the underwear. Which color? No, no, no. black. <laughs> okay, that's the smart one. That's a smart right. color for underwear. <laughs> Fuzzy, you're sorry. I got in the way of your story. Yes, and go back so to Steam Deck. Down, all of us got in the way of your story. <laughs> Steam Deck, Steam Deck. Everybody's got mail uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 and maybe you know garments of some kind. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> No, I, I got to I got to you know uh, play with the with the Steam Deck for a bit. And What'd you play? Uh, I uh, I installed a, a couple of games, so I wanted to continue the game that I was already playing, which is Norco. I'm gonna talk mm. about that in a sec. Great. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk about the hardware a little bit first. 
it yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it is uh, a hefty piece of equipment uh, like it has that weight and feel that gives it you feel that it's valuable you know what i mean like it has yeah. this like yeah. high tech feel very um, very polished uh, buttons feel really premium, good sure. got yeah. it got that premium feel to it uh, there's the haptic feedback on the on the touch pads mm-hmm. that i uh, that i really like there's like yeah. the the sounds coming out of uh, uh, you know, when you move things on the D-pad or the touchpad, that the, there's like the sound that kind of like uh, gives you the feedback of things mm-hmm. moving around. Um, the OS fits really well with the device and the controllers. Um, they've made like the interesting, uh, they have the, those icons on the game. So you know which game is like uh, Steam Deck compatible or not when you're browsing through your library. Yep. Which I really appreciate. Uh, and some One of them, thing... they were like, we're not sure if it's yes. compatible or not. So you can... Try it out for yourself. That's what I was going to say, actually. A lot of the ones that I'm playing on my Steam Deck, they were not sure, and they ended up working either perfectly well or just needed a little bit of, of help. Yeah. So, so don't be discouraged by the by the, the list. If you, like, There are a lot of games out there that are working that they haven't tested yet. Yeah, I figured it's, they're probably requiring the developers themselves to say that it's compliant or not. So I guess they're waiting on the developers to testing these things on the Steam Deck, then report back that they're working... I don't think that Valve themselves are testing everything on the Steam Deck. I'm uh, actually not sure. But uh, I'm not maybe. sure. But yeah. I, I mean, they, they're asking developers to self-test. Yeah, oh, so okay. that, that was my guess. Because the, the library is just too big for it's one centralized big. entity to just go through everything, including back catalogs and stuff. Whereas sure. like, if developers want to support the, the device, then they're going to have to get the unit, test it out, and then just give it the green check mark, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, it feels like a, gr- a really good piece of equipment. Uh, I do agree with Rami, though, like especially with the case. And I can't imagine not traveling with this thing with the case. It mm. is, it is big, it you is know. Big. Like it's still portable, but like for someone like me and like Rami, who is already carrying a laptop, mm. potentially a switch, <laughs> and at least one controller. <laughs> A projector. Uh, like, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And that's just like, you know, the backpack that I'm carrying, not to mention like the, uh, you know, my carry-on or whatever. That piece of equipment is slightly, it's too big for my uh, yep. for my carry-on case. So, like, for example, like, I, I get that it's a PC on the go, but I'm already carrying a Razer laptop, you know. So yeah. I already, already have a PC on the go and I'm carrying my Pro Controller with me. So... Um, and I have my HD cable, so I can play on the go or uh, hooked up, docked, so to say. I'm doing an air right. quotation um, when I'm on the go. It doesn't have the convenience of the Steam Deck, of course, mm-hmm. but I can still, like, you know, uh, on the, on the train, for example, I can still like whip out my laptop, put it on the tray, and hook up my controller with a cable and play. That makes right. sense. That, that's kind of the thing, right? Like for me, really, what I need the Steam Deck to do is it needs to it needs to be smaller yeah. than a controller and the power brick I need for my laptop. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because I my 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 laptop is USB C, so it'll charge off of USB C. It just won't charge fast enough for the graphics card. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. So if I want to play video games, I need that power brick. So if I can get rid of the power brick and the controller. Mm-hmm. Then the Steam Deck is a good option. Yeah, exactly. But I can't because that Steam Deck, even with my bag, and I, I have to say, I'm gonna repeat it again. I love that bag, but it's the the Waterfield one. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the Waterfield bag is incredible. Um, it's small, you know. It fits. It fits really well. It takes less space. It's soft. It still protects your Steam Deck well. But even with all that, it's just still too big. It's a huge. Like it. Uh, it. It will take up. All, if not most, of my backpack, yeah. and and yeah, that that for me is you know part of the issues. And like you know, the the, the problem that Rami mentioned is, is 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 right when it comes to like the the power brick for like graphic intensive games. But mm-hmm. when I'm playing independent games, you know, like the pixel graphics and stuff like that, I can run that comfortably on my laptop, my Razer laptop, without having to use a power brick. And that yeah. thing has a battery that could go on for four to five hours. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Unlike the Steam Deck, which is like depleted in my case in two hours worth of yeah. playing. That's true. Um, so yeah, so like for me, optimizing my my playing on the go, I I doubt that I will take the Steam Deck with me around. 
I'm mm-hmm. even like, you know, I, I like the size of my switch, but I'm even sometimes considering the smaller, the light switch yeah. for travel just because I could just throw that thing in my bag and it will take way less space than I would with my my bigger switch and its uh, and its case. That makes sense. Yeah. I actually, I guess I don't travel with as much as y'all do because my bag, it has a laptop in the back flap and that's all it has. Mm-hmm. In the front, it has the Steam Deck. On the side, it has my headphones. Nestled between the headphones is like my bag of toiletries and mm-hmm. the power adapter for, for my my laptop. I don't carry a controller and everything mm-hmm. fits like perfectly. The only thing is if I have to get anything else, like gifts or whatever, I'll have to put them in a separate bag. They won't fit. And like that is, it's like at capacity. Um, yeah. I don't I don't carry my Kishi anymore, which I used to love my Kishi. I used to play, mm-hmm. play games on my phone. Um, there's no more space for it. So like I had to make choices to make to make it be able to fit. And I didn't even replace the carrying case yet. I still have, I, I want to get the water f- uh, field. I saw it at uh, Rami's and it looks amazing and I really want to get it. <laughs> but I haven't, uh, I just haven't made the purchase yet. I've barely been home. Um, the, I, I'm, I'm like, that is how I spend most of my flights now is just playing stuff on the Steam Deck. And uh, the only problem I, I have with that is I can't play the entire flight because it will run out of battery, even plugged in and charging from like the, the the source. I don't have a power bar that charges it fast enough yet, so I'll yeah. need to make that purchase. Um, and so I, I'm at the mercy of my current power bar or the, you know plugging it into the plane directly. And mm-hmm. it, it'll extend the, the, the charge time from like two hours from to maybe two and a half. <laughs> it's all well, it doesn't yeah it's not significant and right now like on my flight to australia for example 15 hour flight that two hours i'm starting to wonder if it's <clears throat> justified for that flight like on a five hour flight that's half the flight that's enough right yeah but on, I mean, on a 15 hour i think flight, that's kind of my problem with that thing is like the thing it seems to be made for is the thing it's not necessarily good at yeah which is travel yeah yeah like i love the steam like at home you know, I played the Steam Deck a whole bunch in my home, just yeah. in my bed. Yeah, that's true. Same. It's nice. You just lay in the bed and play computer games, and like uh, it's it's good. Like, want to do my Destiny bounties real quick? Mm-hmm. Can do them anywhere in the house, right? Um, but you know, if, when I have to take it with me, it's just always just too big. The batteries are always just not good enough. The the way it charges is just not fast enough. Yeah. Like it, it always falls just short of where I want it to be. Yeah. And it just makes the computer the better option for me. And that, that's kind of what's bothering me about the Steam Deck is I think it's such a good first iteration. I hope they do a second one. Yeah, exactly. I feel like if the if if the Steam Deck was fifteen to twenty percent smaller and the battery life was you know half an hour to an hour longer. Exactly. It would like completely uh, replace uh, all of my other gaming needs. So, like for example, I'll probably swap out my laptop for an iPad mm-hmm. and just um, use that instead, mm-hmm. and not carry the controller anymore. And then, like my bag is actually much lighter. But currently, at its at its current weight, it, it weighs roughly as much as my laptop. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. so it's it's just um, it's it's uh, so close to greatness, but it's not there yet. You know, like it's not it's not at game changer status, but I have yeah. to say, like for like a first iteration, what a yeah. solid piece of hardware. Steam you Deck know. Two on the way. I, I mean, you like know, it's inevitable I, because it's yeah. like you know, there's hardware specs that need to improve as games keep on improving. So like there will yeah. be you know better specs of that thing out for sure. That's true. All I need, all I need is just destiny for the switch <laughs> and then i'm good i'm done yeah plus i don't need more i'm, yeah. I'm genuinely considering to get the switch light uh just for travel because it, you, you they also come in like this this the smaller um like sock like uh right. case mm-hmm. and but it's just not having joy cons is so bad i know i know but you can still pair joy cons to it yeah uh, Right. So if if uh, like 
if, if, if the other also, people are there, I could still like uh, right. connect and. But play. also, how are you gonna do that thing when you're in the airplane and you just put the switch on on like the table, but you just kind of hold your arm around your back of your head yeah. and then just sit there uh, yeah, like playing back no, you with the Joy-Con? You can't. Can. Like that is the for me the switch is that. I can just sit in the worst ways possible <laughs> with my arms in completely different, super chill ways, mm. and then just still play. Ergonomically, yeah. what you're doing is probably not correct, but <laughs> I do the same. You know what? I've, I've, I've been accused of many things, but being ergonomically responsible is not one of them. <laughs> Posey, I would very much like you to try a fighting game on the Switch. I want to get your take on if you're able on the switch. Oh, sorry, I said the switch. I'm on the, the Steam Deck. Deck. Yeah, oh, okay. the Steam oh, okay. Switch. You know the Steam Switch. The Steam Switch. <laughs> I would love for you to tell me if you're able to use because I could use the D-pad for platformers and not for fighting games, and I'm wondering if that's a me thing or if that's a yeah. I'll, you know, I'll download Street Fighter and I'll give it a go. I'll let Thank you know you. next time on the podcast. Yeah, because I'm curious. All a portable Street Fighter things. device is not a bad, uh, not a bad thing, right? I mean, yeah. I, like mostly on a plane, you're going to be playing it against the, the computer, but it's still fun. That's true, but you know, yeah. the, the thing is with like um, with fighting games, especially Street Fighter, which is a six-button game. Yeah, uh, ha- having a trigger as one of those buttons uh, makes uh, execute. It drops my execution a little bit. It's true, but the so, good thing about the Steam Deck is that it has extra buttons that are not triggers on the back that you could actually map, and I, I feel they work better. They just take okay. more getting used to. Oh, I might, I might try that actually. Okay, they're like the Pro Controller. It get the, you got those extra buttons on the, on the shoulder of the device itself. Exactly. My take on that is that the execution is easier than the triggers, but mm-hmm. I don't have the muscle memory. So I never yeah. actually use those buttons. So. Yeah, it will require me to use a finger. I'm, I'm probably not used to using in that way, if you know exactly. what I mean. Like our exactly. muscle memory is not going to work in that direction. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's still an interesting experiment to try out. So I will, I will do that. But I'll tell you what worked. The game I was playing is the one I wanted to talk about. It's called Norco, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, an independent uh, game that is a point-and-click adventure game, mm-hmm. uh, pixel art. And um, on PC, when I'm playing it, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's out on any other console. I'm playing it on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I use a mouse to move the cursor around. But on the Steam Deck, I can use the touchpad. And that yeah. works That works great. It really or, does. And that works great. And like, there's the touchscreen as well. I haven't used that. I don't know uh, if, the, if the developers have mapped that to a touchscreen. But that is also another input option that... It just allows you to play a lot of games that you normally wouldn't have on the go. So, like, you know, as I'm playing Norco, I'm going like, oh, I can play Civ on this thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or like I can play some like, you know, strategy games on this thing. I can play some Crusader Kings 3, you know, like these kinds of games. Yeah. Um, so those are probably some of the games I will try just because of the, you know, the beauty of the touchpad on a portable device is another uh, thing I've tried in that way before. But Absolutely. Norco. It's a fascinating game, guys. Like I, I really, I'm really enjoying it. Um, the, the, what I like, so it's it's a very narrative heavy uh, as an adventure game would be, mm-hmm. and uh, the setting of where the game is, I, I like it. It's like this uh, fictional, I think, town in uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, a, and you, you play this character that just like um, I'm not spoiling anything. It's like literally the first two minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were, you were from this small town, and this uh, small town is uh, close to a, a reactor of some kind that generates electricity, and most of the town works there. Um, and then, like you move out of town, you know, to big city life stuff like that. Then your brother gives you a call and tells you your mom is dead, and you need to come back home. She's been battling cancer or whatnot. And as you come back home, you discover that not only was she battling a disease, but she was also investigating. Um, the big corporate that is running that uh, reactor factory thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and basically as you start to dig deeper into like talking to the people in the, in the, in the town and get to know more about um, your childhood, the people that there, your mother's, uh, your fictional mother's um, uh, life and all of that stuff, you know, the, the mystery just gets deeper and deeper. And uh, it is... It it it's cyberpunk as well because like uh, while it uh, everything around the the narrative and the world 
seems very close to our modern reality. There's also, you know, helper robots and androids that are there as well. And like there's some like sci-fi technology that is just embedded really well in the world yeah. uh, to the point that the characters don't, don't outright mention it. It's just, you know, part of the world and you kind of get used to understanding what it is. Mm-hmm. That's really uh, cool. Fascinating game. I, I love the story. It really, like, you know, sucks yeah. you in. And, uh, you know, you, you just, you know, for me, it was hard to stop playing. It, it, it reminds me a bit of Backbone. Like, it, it's sim- mm. is it similar or not at all? Um, uh, it's, I'm uh, just looking it's, at screenshots and watching a video. Like, the dart, like, you know, it's, you know, indie uh, point and click uh, pixel art game. So that, they have that in common. And nothing else from what it, yeah. it sounds so like. Yeah, so, for example, you never see the protagonist. You know, uh, the protagonist is you, so, like, you know, you're kind of immersed into that uh, personality. I see, okay. Uh, there's a bit more investigation stuff going on. And there's uh, some puzzles require some, uh, there's, like, a, a tiny a mini game kind of, like, that appear that you traverse. And it, right. and it uh, tells you an additional story as you're playing it. So, uh, also, some of those puzzles I found interesting. Yeah, I th- I think Norco plays a bit more with the with with its own form in a way that that I found more interesting. Um, I ultimately bounced off of it for the same reason I bounced off of a lot of a lot of these games is that I just I keep getting sad playing them, wishing that they could be set elsewhere, mm-hmm. and just knowing that the risk of making a game that is this genuine and sincere to its its place would be borderline impossible anywhere else. Mm. So I just always get very sad playing these games, and it's—I know it's just me, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but it, it honestly, I—I I found Norco for what I played of it. Uh, I found it very, very impressive. Yeah, I think like you know, what I mean that uh, I guess the developers are you know maybe borrowing a lot from their from what they know. You know, the area where they are. I don't know the mm-hmm. developers myself, but it seems to me like you know. Uh, of course, it's, it's super very, it's genuine. very genuine and close. That that, that they sincere. have to be connected yeah. to that part of uh, yeah. No, State. for sure, for sure, and that, that's the thing. Like I, I know this is not the developer's fault, right? Mm. But I know that if there is a kid in Cairo trying to make this game about Cairo, it's never going to get funded. It's never going to get the reviews. It's not because it's just there's so much shortcuts, mm-hmm. storytelling shortcuts that yeah. are being used, right? Like. What a dollar is worth, what an interstate is, what uh, a U.S. city or like U.S. more rural area. It's like like so many things are just kind of defined through all the media yeah. that we consume. Mm-hmm. That you know, if you if you say like you know, this is a place uh, just outside the Iri in Cairo. Like nobody knows what that means. Yeah. They don't know what a Guinea is. They don't know what life is like. They don't know what like normal looks like. What you need to make um, that relatable somehow. Right, and that just—it's so much work, and it's so like it will be handholdy and preachy, and like it won't feel as genuine because you have to do all the work of translating it first. That's true, mm-hmm. and it, that just—it ma- just makes me sad. It's not something the developers did. I think that, like I said, I think Norco is super impressive, and it's—it's it's beautifully made, mm-hmm. and it plays with its own form, which I'm just a huge fan of. I just get so sad, and I got. I got the same thing with uh, Night in the Wood. I got the same thing with Kentucky Route Zero. It's just like these sort of like we've gotten to the point where making a game about a small town minority experience in the U.S. is easier to do than to make a game set in Africa. Yeah, like the continent of Africa, like anywhere on the continent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it just all power to these developers, and I'm I'm sure that they're also. Um, you know, in a way, a minority, like getting to represent their own places instead of New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco or whatever. Mm-hmm. That alone is an incredible feat of power in, in, in a media where, you know, you get pulled towards these larger cities, these big American stories. And telling something that is a little smaller, a little weirder, a little more personal is, is incredibly powerful. So all power to them. Yeah. Uh, and all my support for games like this, it just I get sad. I just get sad. But you know, like, um, and I feel like it's it's going to be an, a, a nice segue into the other thing I wanted to talk about. There is a way in which, like, you can talk about, like, there is an entryway before we start to tell the stories about, you know, like the the, the culture itself by talking mm-hmm. about uh, by t- by telling stories or games or uh, shows about a character that is from the foreign culture. 
inside those small towns or big towns or like mm-hmm. within the mm-hmm. and kind of like I know where you're going and <laughs> it kind of makes it relatable in that way and uh, Mo the show that I watched on Netflix is exactly that love it mm-hmm. love, I love it's, that segue that was it's a, a, it's, a, it's a long segue but you know we got there eventually we got there <laughs> <laughs> but you're right it, it's still sad that it has to be that way True. but still that is really well done yeah it it is to make up for uh, like we lack a hollywood or like um, talking about arab culture in this uh, section we we don't have like the the exposure that hollywood do, uh, does right you know? because we do have hollywood we have an incredible movie scene yes but it it hasn't been uh, exported globally in the same way Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way as like you know Bollywood is huge you know mm-hmm. it's it's probably bigger than Hollywood in some it's instances it's definitely bigger they release more movies so <laughs> yeah um, but like you know the way it's marketed towards the world is, uh, is is on its way there definitely much better than what we're doing in Arab culture the, mm-hmm. the Japanese and the Koreans are doing it as well in which like you know they are providing a lot of interesting ways to export their culture in a way in their anime or That's their true. Korean music for example the Korean uh, push happened recently too yeah like, and it's, it's very impressive even like you yeah. know Korean yeah. movies are like you know making their way to like uh, global uh, movie theaters and like Netflix and all right. of that stuff um we uh as to, arab to, culture to the american to the american distribution methods, yes yeah yeah we in arab culture we are you know getting there i guess right and uh, what mm-hmm. i liked about uh, mo a lot is it it's that you know like it is <laughs> and they make the the joke tongue-in-cheek and uh the, the entirety of the show is that this is like you know um, a dude that is telling the palestinian story to some extent through mm-hmm you know, a very American show, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, you know, if you live in America, there's a lot for you that you can relate with this show. And if you're a Palestinian, there's a lot for you that you can relate in that show as well. Good. Right. Those kind of stories are yeah. really important. Like you said, I mean, I wish we could I mean, have the other kind as well, but these are, right. well, at least we have this, right? I, I think I think the thing I liked about Mo is that it, it just, it it holds no punches. Oh, yeah. In, in any way, like, <laughs> in any way whatsoever, this show is like it is brutally honest about some of the stuff, and some, you know, you start you start realizing that a lot of the circumstances that that Muslims and Arabs have in Western culture, when you watch them on TV, they're just kind of absurd. Yeah, you watch and you're like, "That's really our life," and you laugh about it because you're like, "Oh, hey, I recognize that," and then kind of in the back of your head, like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Um, but they're not hold. They're not holding back on that. They, yeah. You know, they're they're very genuine on like what it means to be an immigrant slash illegal immigrant slash yeah. somebody who's been there for like what uh, at the start of the show it's like twenty something years. Yeah, right. Yeah, twenty um, years. I still be scared that you you are not from there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, like, you know, like that moment when he, um, uh, uh, it's not a spoiler, but like, you know, so that the, the canines have passports and he doesn't have a passport. Right. And that was like a moment of realization for uh, yep. for him. It's like a powerful moment, right? That, like, you know, that show is hilarious, but also gets real <laughs> in uh, in an interesting way. And I think like, you know, it celebrates the culture, but also criticizes it sometimes. And I like that duality yep. that, that it did there, you know, like the... He's very close to his mom, takes care of his mom, but his mom is also kind of controlling his life sometimes. And that's like an interesting duality that, uh, you know, doing a study of the culture in a way that was almost always either either ignorant of it or, you know, trying to glorify it too much to make up for the fact that a lot of people are ignorant about it. And uh, there's, a, there's a part that was uh, a bit real about the show that I liked. Which part? Yeah, which part? Uh, um that it's like i said the the part that um, um they are uh, criticizing the culture as well as presenting it uh, i see i thought right, you were right, going right, to talk right. out i thought you were going right. to mention a specific I, I wanted to but but I, I was you know like i don't want to spoil yeah, it too right. much okay. right. i i will say one of my favorite things about mo has just been reading the white people reviews oh <laughs> What are okay. they and then just like 100% missing the point on like 90% of that show. Okay. What are they saying? Like the, the Arab culture is so far away from what people understand it to be. Mm-hmm. 
that I think a lot of the 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 like more interesting beats kind of get lost. Like you know, there's the there's one joke about uh, the branding issue. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and a lot of people are just sort of like say, setting that as like, oh yeah, so you know, like the 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 misunderstanding here is not malicious or dangerous. It's just sort of like something he got used to, and mm. you know, it's just kind of kind of okay. And I'm like, no, the the point of that is that it hurts every time. Mm-hmm. It hurts every time, but we've learned to cope with it. Yeah. By you know joking about it, you know moving moving it a bit out of the like the painful zone, mm-hmm. and just seeing people miss the point on that stuff has been phenomenal. It just reminds me of how big the gap is and how important a show like Mo actually is. Yeah, yeah, you're right because it is so important. Well, because like you know, if you haven't mentioned that, I wouldn't even have thought about it. Because like you know, as he said that joke, you know, I immediately related to it laughed and you right. know like that sad laugh <laughs> yeah kind of thing. yeah it's that one yeah. right where you're like oh god, <laughs> oh, god. yeah uh, yeah there's you a know, bunch of those in that show for sure <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't realize that the actor is uh, muhammad amr like he yeah was, he's a stand-up yeah. comedian he was yeah i yeah. used to watch like this stand-up comedy called allah made me funny back in yeah. like 15 years ago and he was mo amr on it i think i've seen I've seen him live in Berlin. He opened up for uh, another stand-up comic, and I was like, this guy's hysterical. Where where did he come from? That was the first time I ever heard of him. He was really funny. And like I actually I thought Elo made me funny itself was amazing and so important to me because I was in my twenties when I heard about it. And back then there was nothing. There was like nothing at all. So for for it to exist was a very, very big deal. And I haven't thought about it in so long. So this is wow! It's all connected. He just looks—he looks older. That's all. He <laughs> looks a little bit older, <laughs> which makes sense. Well, if you if if you want it even better, it's created by uh, Mo and Rami Youssef. Wow! And uh, you might know Rami. Uh, you might know Rami for playing Rami Hassan in the series Rami. So <laughs> That's true. we have Rami Youssef, who made Rami. Working together with somebody who's on that show, which is Mo Amr, who made a show called Mo. Yeah, that is amazing. So I don't know if this is saying something about Arab culture, but we sure like naming things after ourselves. <laughs> can't wait! Can't wait for Fauzi's next game to be called Fauzi. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'll call my next game Osama. See, this is that when he like put his name That's the sad laugh. <laughs> that was a sad laugh. No, was... Osama's like, I'm not gonna call my name Osama. And I'm like, yeah, oh god. Yep. Uh, Very sad laugh. Yeah. But the laugh is sincere anyway, even though it's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was genuinely no. funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um have have you have you all um I don't think we have that much no, time. No, we left, don't. We have to wrap have, up soon. Have you watched uh She-Hulk? I yes. And I love it. Still good? Yes. Yep, still good. All right, good. So, like, really quickly, remember the thing I called out on the first episode about, like, breaking the fourth wall? Wasn't it amazing? Wasn't it amazing? Like, I was, anyway, not not to say more, but I was so happy at that nod. I really love the tone of the show. Um, yeah, very light. Very light. Very, very what I when I needed. It's very different than the rest of Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be polarizing. It's not going to be for everyone, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Right. Uh, but she's snappy too. Yes, and she's one of my favorite characters from the from the Marvel comic books. Like for for a lot of reasons, so I was super happy to see her portrayed. She's also one of my favorite characters from Marvel vs. Capcom three. So the, oh, yeah, right. the, she she plays very differently than other characters. So I'm I'm happy. Like this show is for me as well as many other of the MCU things are, uh, and that's all I'm gonna say oh. about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, I got new headphones. They're the Sennheiser Momentum Force. They're bad. No, no. Yeah, which is very disappointing. Uh, they, they were sort of like described as like you know the the Sony's thousand XM5 has have long been sort of like the undisputed winners. Mm-hmm. And people kept saying that these are the these are the good ones, and I just tried them for a few days, and they're just their sound is very soulless. It's technically good, you can tell, but it's just not wasn't for me. So uh, I'm switching to a set of more expensive ones, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm gonna try those out. And you know, I can report back, but those headphones are incredibly expensive. Though I don't think that a review is useful, but I'll, I'll mention whether I like them. Yeah, that's cool. Um, um, I wanted to talk about a couple of movies, but we definitely don't have time now. So okay, let's rapid fire. Yes, no, 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 no rapid fire. We'll keep them for I want, as if we will keep them as if we'll week. have time to talk about these. We will, we will. We're all gonna come up next week. 
ديستني <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll see Osama next week with all the stuff he said on this episode. Inshallah. <laughs> that was the Habibis podcast for this week. I'm Osama Dorias, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorias. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail, you can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and assalamu alaikum.